0: We got over 200 resumes the next day. And he said, how did you do this? And I said, how come you can't? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Breaking Barriers, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging podcast. We're here for real talk. We're not afraid to go there. And we want you to come away emboldened and energized to take action and make change.
1: We believe our diversity, our differences when joined together by a common set of ideals,
0: makes us stronger
1: when i set out to help someone uh, it is my
0: intention to do just that i'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity your world has changed but your dreams shouldn't have to that's why kirkwood is your next best step with affordable flexible and close to home options now's a great time to start or finish your
2: kirkwood degree learn more at kirkwood.edu find your future displaced or discouraged at work Kirkwood can help you learn a new skill or totally reinvent
0: yourself for a brand new career. With so many flexible and affordable options, you can get back on track fast. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash find your future.
1: What's up, world? What's happening? What's happening? We're back with another episode of Top Ranked Breaking Barriers brought to you by Kirkwood Community College. We are excited today. This episode is sponsored by Kirkwood Community College. Thank you, Kirkwood, for your continued support. I'm your co-host, Anthony Arrington, Managing Partner of Top Rank. We're joined by my co-host and Top Rank Managing Partner, Joy Briscoe. What's up, Joy? How are you doing there?
2: Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, world. I'm excited to be here today for our third episode. Come on, third. Come on, lucky (laughs) three.
1: Our other co-conspirator in DEI and B-Crime, Nick Ford, is out today. So, Nick, we'll see you on the next episode. We look forward to hanging out with you. (laughs) Let's do this, Joy. So, Joy, talk about why do we have this? Diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging podcast, we call it DEIB. Why are we doing this, Joy? You
2: know what? I think much like what our guest today is going to dive into, but I think this was an opportunity for us to be the real, right? And somebody, a few people had already taken that name, but I think that would have even been more relevant. We're going to talk about the real work of DEIB. We're going to talk about really what people go through to create environments of inclusion. And we think there's a lot of podcasts out there talking this lingo and Jumping on that bandwagon, but because we were already in this space before it became the popular thing to do, before it was the sexy thing to do, I think we've got a unique perspective to offer. And so that's what it's about, right? That's what Breaking Barriers is. Like, we truly are aiming to break barriers today. And so I think it's so relevant, the guest that we have on today with Phil Jackson, because he's been breaking barriers for a long time. And so talking about what that's like for him and his journey. And then Anthony, me and you met earlier, getting to that nitty and that gritty. That nitty and that <laughs> gritty.
1: That's right. Well, let's not waste time. Let's get on our conversation with Fields Jackson. I want to tell you all a little bit about Fields. Fields is currently the CEO and chief cheerleading racing, of Racing Towards Diversity Magazine. This is a quarterly magazine that showcases the best and diversity efforts and initiatives being made today. His magazine reaches about three and a half million people through publication, through newspapers, blogs, and social media outlets. Jackson is also the president of the College Diversity Network. He's the adjunct professor at Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's a distinguished visiting professor at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And he's also a former executive director of the HBCU Business Roundtable. He was recognized by diversity best practices as one of the top diversity thought leaders on Twitter, has been identified as number 13 on the top 100 global influencers, focusing on gender equity, gender equality, and diversity by Analytica, a London based company. And they help influencers and programs around some of the largest brands in the world. So we got a guy here. Hive Learning recently recognized Jackson as one of the most influential diversity and inclusion leaders in 2019. And Hive said Jackson is an influential diversity and inclusion advocate and expert who advocates that job seekers conduct their due diligence in finding diverse workplace opportunities through research, networking, and asking the right questions. We're gonna talk about that. Jackson received his Bachelor of Arts degree in economics and his bachelor's degree in philosophy from Allegheny College in Medivue, Pennsylvania. And he has an MBA from Northern Illinois and DeKalb, Illinois. Fields, the man.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: I guess I'll start with our questions here today. again. What a bio, what an amazing bio. And I was telling Anthony, I love your title of chief cheerleader, right? Because I feel like when you do this work, you're always that person in the room that's saying, what about inclusion? What about thinking about people's pronouns? What about thinking about women? What about Black people? And let's be okay with saying Black people, right? Let's step away from who we mean is Latino people, if who we mm-hmm. mean is black people, then we need to say that and get okay in that space. Mm-hmm. And so kind of when you talk about that title of being a, the chief cheerleader for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, kind of talk us a little bit about how you got started with that title. Where was your beginning point at?
0: If you think about a cheerleader, I don't cheer for everybody. Love it. Like, uh, Jackson, Jackson, he's our man. If he can't do it, you know, then, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not cheering for the other team. So again, it's just not this open, I'm just cheering, because you guys know, everybody doesn't believe in this stuff. Mm -hmm. Diversity is a tough conversation. You start talking about diversity, you start talking about critical race theory. I said, where did that come in? (laughs) We're talking about hiring, so where do we veer off onto that? It boils down to um, either you believe this or you don't. We cheer for the folks who, for whatever reason, believe it, not a heavy lift. I don't, it's like a, it's like religion. Do you believe? And if you don't believe I cut your head off. Okay. (laughs) Conversion rates going to be low. The next brother in line, do you believe? Oh, absolutely. You know, I just saw what happened. So again, I got to force you to believe this. So again, there's folks out there for whatever reason. And it could be because they just got a big lawsuit or they're losing half. So it, it doesn't really matter to me how you came to this but now you're realizing that hey there's talent and we believe diversity is talent you know what color is smart what color is a good idea what color is genius what color is right. so again if i'm blocking people because i got some hang up because of the way you appear to me i'm losing talent so we're gonna we cheer long story we cheer for the people that believe yeah. we try to Quickly determine whether or not you believe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We'll run some analysis. And again, if this is just a check the box exercise, you know, people just doing that, or it's a photo op, there's some folks out there, they take beautiful pictures, guys. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, all the, and, and they take plenty of them. There's a lot of pictures. Everybody's grinning and also, but then you're reading the headlines that half the company's suing them because so there's a disconnect. Okay. And you're getting all these awards. Come come there, the and how come half your work is all pissed off? And so, yeah. again, we've been doing this a long time. So we have things that we can acid test or to stress test to believe, to find out real quickly if you want to do this. And if you don't want to do it, it doesn't make you a bad person. So we're not going to stand in front of your building and yell at you. We'll just leave you alone. But you know what? So if you say something, and to Joy's point, if you say something, I don't believe that. So I'm not going to cheer that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. does. The silence from our side is deafening. Doesn't mean you're a bad guy. We ain't coming out and walking in front of your building and little boycott. We just leave you alone. All right. Let's talk about standards. Let's talk about how do you move get better, right? Who's doing certain things? Just like a sports team. You know what? If you got somebody, a wide receiver that keeps getting beat, then you find somebody that's not gonna get beat. But it becomes pretty simple. We tend to cheer those folks that are doing it, at least from our perspective, the right way, right? And, and so again, just who's doing it right? If I were to start, who would I ask you to follow? So if you, hey, I, they feel sweetly, just it feels really obvious to figure out, who would I follow? So I'm going to t- point you to those companies that, in our estimation, these are the ones that you want to benchmark. Long answer to your question, but that's, we cheer, and it becomes pretty apparent. We see the list of companies that we think are doing a great job, and we, we're screaming from the mountains about them. The other ones, hey, you know what? Go tell that story to somebody else. So
1: let's talk about that. So what, what's that look like for our listeners, for those companies that you've discovered, you know what? I can't cheer for you. What's What are some examples of those areas, those situations that you've run into where you've said, you know what?
0: More power to you. I can't cheer for you. I got to walk away. Oh, one of the companies said, do your homework. Do your homework. Just like anything else. There's a lot of public information if you look, right? Okay, you you need to hire a diversity person. Okay, why? There's an honesty that comes out. Well, it feels we can't seem to find anybody, and we talk to you, and we need your help. Or, hey, you know what? Uh, we love diversity. I said, okay, so I Google your company. I look at the board of directors, and they all look like you. I said, okay, maybe there's a different kind of love going on here. Okay, so all your board is, so let's look at your executive team. If all your executive team looks like you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay you start to see some inconsistencies right right then let me do a google search and i'll type your name in and type in the name diversity right and a lot it comes back quick folks google's amazing oh, it comes amazing. back quick <laughs> man eight thousand people are suing this place all of a sudden you see this all this crazy stuff comes up it's, it's like so okay too
2: because it they, in essence, told you to Google them, right? Like Google us. And then when yeah, but like, you
0: you're- most people don't, they just go, you know, Hey, hey, guy said up. No, I'm going to check they, when I'm driving down the road. The uh, policeman pulls me over the highway, You have your driver's license. I go, yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right now, That's hopefully right. you not snatch me on the car and tase me and all that stuff. But well, I want to see it, you know, trust, but ver- hey, if you're diverse, if you're doing all this stuff, then it should be pretty apparent, right? Yeah, And other people see this too. Absolutely. The thing is, Absolutely. most people don't ask, why are you looking to hire me? Ask the questions. You got any questions? Why are you looking to hire me? How many black people work there now? You know, simple question. How many black people work there now? And if they start shuffling around, what's well, an easy answer. Hey, 10, 50, they start shuffling around papers. Well, it feels, you got to define what black is. Oh, really? Okay. We're there. This is the interview, right? Right. <laughs> and We're already into, you mentioned words, hey. What happens when I ask for a raise? What happens when I ask for a promotion? You're playing this game early. Right. You can see that. You, mm-hmm. before, oh, you, play, see yeah, that. you played that game early. Wow. I just asked a simple question. What's your diversity look like now? Yeah. Right?
1: That's interesting. Hey, it's, it, it reminds me. It's
0: I, 3%. I, hey, that's low. Well, Fields, that's why we're talking to you because we want to, you see what I'm saying? So there's, a, there's an answer that now helps me determine whether or not you really mean this right, right. yeah so I, I, let long answer your question but again to us it's we see it like in 15 it doesn't take us long right we've been at this where like 15 minutes is like okay well feels you didn't call us back or feels you don't talk about us well what did you want me to say <laughs> that's right. you won all these awards let me just say so you don't take the award sure what are award I'll, you're good so why are you even asking me if you won all you see it doesn't make sense Absolutely. if you won all these awards why are you even talking to me? Why are you here? You won all these Those are those check-the-box awards, right? Correct. You just got this award. There's magazines handing out awards. They're not diverse. Yeah. So you, uh, you we're handing out the diversity award. It's like, really? Okay. Uh,
1: and that's tough. Okay. It,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. So, that's your thing. so who are you picking, right, to win these awards? So is it because you ran up ahead or is it? So what happened? You see what I'm saying? And then I go, also, well, since you're the authority on this, Let's see what your diversity looks like.
1: Yeah.
0: and you go to the magazine and guess what? All their writers are leaving because they don't have no diversity. But to us, we could do a quick test. And a lot of it's public information, especially take a look, check the board of directors. It's real quick. Check the board of directors. Yeah. All men, all women, right? Yeah. Who's the executive staff? Okay. Do you have employee resource? So you have things that kind of indicate that you've got some type of program to do this. Right. As opposed to. Hey, we need a photo op and we need fields to stand next to us because no, get somebody else. So
1: on that note, I want to kind of change gears a little bit, but really on that note, because one of the things that that I've discovered in this space and talking with organizations, and that's why we're so excited to talk to you because you have such a footprint in the HBCU, the historical black colleges and university space. You have such a footprint in that space. But I'm wondering from your perspective, why is it that corporate America is so far behind the eight ball when it comes to navigating and advocating and and focusing on the HBCUs as an area to increase the number of African-American leaders, for example? Why do corporations not see that as an avenue from your view?
2: Why do we have to have a global pandemic, the murder of George Floyd? There was these magical, these alignments of things that maybe will never occur again in our lifetime for people to say, well, maybe I should go to an HBCU, <laughs> right? But it's- it, 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 Joy, just haven't been in this space a long time. If you're talking to the same
0: people, you're going to get the same answer. So basically it comes down to who are you talking to? Right? And if you're in a room with all white men, it doesn't really mean you're racist. I've been on this planet a long time. I don't know what it is to be white. I don't. I see, but, you know, what is it to be white? As a white person, I could have, and a lot of white people, I got a black friend. I go, okay, I was talking about the black friend. I go, all right. (laughs) But you have no idea what it is to be black. Right. And that's not right or wrong. Right. So George Floyd, because I've been in diversity a long time. Diversity was a tough conversation. It still is. Diversity is a tough conversation. You know, the discrimination. discriminations. So what do you, I mean, where does all this come from? You just, you don't have any diverse people in your company. You need to hire them. So you need to change a couple of things. Well, so what does critical race theory have to do with that? No, you want to bring people in here and not have them quit the next day? So George Floyd was a changer to me because I think the world got to see real time what black people have been complaining about for years, but there was always a reason. And I had people that, you know, I don't call them friends, but I, good associates. One guy called me after George Floyd, he was in tears because what happened, he saw that. Now black people have been talking about that. My entire, my grandfather was me about people that, you know, at least you got to see it with George Floyd before you were just gone. Fields did something with the sheriff. He's gone, right? And <laughs> nobody's saying nothing because guess what? It didn't want to happen to them, So nobody's saying nothing, right? Just, and then my grandmother would blame me. Well, you knew better. Why were you down there with your mother? So my grandmother would actually blame me. I told you about messing with those people. Hey, grandma, I was just driving my car. But the, what happened, this guy, because he had black and brown employees, the black and brown employees came in and everybody got to see that. But that was traumatizing to black people. You got to see that inhumanity that people have been talking about for centuries, right? And he said, Fields, how could that happen in the United States? I'm like, you have been." he didn't believe, you know, police are here to protect you. I go, yes, some of them, but some of them are not. So there was this disconnect. One of the guys I was talking to said, he told me George Floyd had it coming to him. Oh, I said, coming to him? Hmm. Really? As opposed to yelling out, I said, man, you got to talk to me about coming to him. And so there's is mindset. He was on drugs. All right, he was high. I said, okay, he shouldn't have ran. So everything was like, oh, the black person shouldn't have done. So I said, okay. So I, I didn't even go to that logic. I said, okay, let's follow that all the way out. He was high. So let's just say, you, ever, you, you remember Bob Marley?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's say he not only was high, he had a big Bob Marley joint in his mouth. He was running from the cops. He swung at a couple and he's running down the street with a big TV. All those things, let's assume he did those. What's the penalty for having a big joint running down the street? It's not you dying. The penalty is not you dying right here on the street. Mm-hmm. He goes, right. yeah, you're right. The penalty is that you go to court and you get descended just like everybody else. then they prove you guilty. You go to jail. The penalty is not you dying under somebody's knee because you were doing, you know, he was high. Okay. So what's the penalty for me being high?
2: Oh, Phil, this is a different, I've never you and I have facilitation, but I've never used that train of thought. And that works with my father. I'm former military. My father is, is a retired police officer, but mm-hmm. I'm probably still one of the most, yeah, I believe in black liberation. But I can see where what you said for people that think linear would be, would make a great connection because. Oh, and linear, it was, it was
0: like, she said, well, I said, what's the penalty for me being high? He goes, feels you're right. So again, mm-hmm. I could sit there and try to defend Well, he was. High. No, I'm not even going to defend that. So let's assume he was the highest person you ever saw. He What's was the penalty for, me, for being the highest yeah. person you ever saw? It's not me yeah. under your knee for eight minutes until I die on a street. It's not. Right. Yeah. It's a good I, until I'm proven guilty. So again, that logic, because I wasn't going to yeah. argue with him. He goes, feels you're right. Now, I don't know if I changed him. I don't know. Right. right? But that logic that, okay, because again, he got to think of it a different way as opposed to me defending that, the well, he was high and he shouldn't have been high and he was super strengthened. Well, so he was super strength. So he was shot. So He was super strength. What's the penalty? So the problem is everybody saw the penalty was that he died right there and you were okay with that. I love where you're taking us here because
1: part of what I hear you saying is as a DEI practitioner, and excuse me, I'm not, I want to put words in your mouth, but- what I think I hear you doing here is really talking to an individual who may be resistant to the challenges that black people have had in these- Don't even, but you know, don't even have, have, have no clue of what that was. Right. right? And you took the time to, to, as Joyce said, create this linear connection to what's the penalty for, for being high? Is it death? And what, could have, what you could have done was just argue. Correct. As a practitioner, or just shut them off. Or just shut them off, right, and not talk anymore. Right. So that's a challenge for I think us practitioners in this space. Yes. Dealing with those situations where we know in our hearts somebody's just dead wrong, but we have to have a conversation about it. Talk to me about some of the ways that how does Fields do that without going home angry every day?
0: We're like, oh, oh no, it's nothing angry. And it, it's actually liberating yeah. because again, yeah. If you explain it, the guy goes, well, you know what? I don't care. He should have died. Okay. All right. Now help me with my diversity. No. So part of that is that diversity is tough because you're bringing all kind of people in. And I think it it creates creativity. I'll talk to people as long as they're not pulling guns and pulling stuff and talking about, I need to lead the country. Stupid stuff. People have these issues because they have these issues. Right? Right. So, hey, you know what? Somebody said something to him, I said, Man, you know what, Dutch? Like the guy said, You know, he had it coming. I was like, Oh, man, okay. I got to hear yes. <laughs> the logic behind that. Yeah. Right. And I, and I sat there patiently. He explained to me, you know, and you all these talking points. I'm not going to sit here and argue each point. So to the conclusion, let's say he was a serial rapist. He was raping the kid right there, right there in public. What's the penalty? We call it. Well, at least in America case. now, I can go to, you know, Saudi Arabia and yeah, you they'll, they'll do that to you that's what that's that's but the difference of what I understand is they ear. here so part of that is having that conversation and people are saying things for a reason tell me why you said that I did this said, well I said you know what I can't agree but you know what sometimes it's like I never thought it that way in your culture I didn't know that was an insult trust me that was not my intent to insult you I wasn't right now the person that says, yeah, that was not I intent." You see what I'm saying? That's a different conversation. I tell the story, get up in the morning, open my window, and I I take a, I spit out the window. So my neighbor comes by and goes, hey, Fields. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. He says, hey, man, you know, when you spit out there in the morning, man, that's my wife's flowers are below there. Oh, I didn't know that. Now, if tomorrow morning I get up and I spit out the window, I didn't care what you, you see what I'm saying. I told you I didn't care what your wife did, right? Right? Now, if I'm a neighbor, I said, You know what? I'm not the you know, I didn't know that was Jose's wife stuff. I, you know so I, I still like to spit. I'm gonna spit over here, right? So it's having that conversation. Sometimes yeah. it's a difficult conversation. Hey, man, why do you feel that way?
1: Yeah,
0: right? This is why I feel that way. And then having that conversation with people that go, man, hey, Fields, I'm not trying to hurt you or do anything like that. We're trying to get this. So, again, that's when that respect comes in. doesn't mean I'm going to have no beer with this guy. I don't even like this guy. But, hey, I know if I walk into the room backwards, it's an insult to this guy. Right? Right. So if I care anything about him, I don't do that. So part of that is that conversation. And it's a difficult conversation. And most people don't want to have difficult conversation. They want to yell at you. They want to to force you to go to my side of this thing, as opposed to, and we may never agree, right? We may never agree. But at least I understand why you're upset. Yes. Fields,
2: can you? So knowing that this is such a complex lane and it's such a difficult conversation, to have, what made you want to enter into this space? Now I know lived experience, right? Like the three of us have the benefit of having the lived experience of being Black as well. So I know that plays a role into it, but I have a lot of friends that This isn't the work that they choose because they just feel like it's so heavy and so daunting. So what made you say, when you launched on this work, what made you want to enter into that area?
0: Joy, who said I wanted to do it? (laughs) I love that. Part of this, I'm an entrepreneur. We started a magazine. I used to own a a NASCAR team. About 25 years ago, I was a partner in a NASCAR team. And so you talk about diversity, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and And we ran, Dr. Pepper was our sponsor ran for about two and a half years. It was a challenge way back. This challenge now, a challenge way back then. But I walked into the sport with a couple of high-profile guys. One guy's name was Joe Washington. He played for the Washington Redskins. He also played for the Oklahoma Sooners. And the other guy's name was Julius Ervin. They call him Dr. Jet. We went in a lot of... And again, the funny thing is people... They said, "Man, I remember that," and I was always the other guy, right? It was like Joe. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot Doctor J
1: was in the NASCAR. But
0: they go, "Hey, man, that, that was you!" And again, you, I said, "Yeah." Pull up the picture. Then I had a little throwback. back then, so I was like, "Where well, was you?" I was like, "Yeah, I was the <laughs> guy But it was a tremendous diversity lesson for me. It was a sport where the Brian, uh, the old man France, who's passed, wanted to diversify his sport because he realized he had every southern white person on the planet in his sport. But in order for it to expand, he had to take it to Chicago and other places. He had to get more folks in. So it was we went in and made a lot of fanfare, lost a ton of money. It was the sport rejected us. It was almost like a heart operation. I put the perfect heart in and you die. The, your body rejected that. So that you see the angst now in that sport 25 years later with Michael Jordan. So just imagine us being there. The thing is, at the end of the day, the people that you would not even expect to say anything to you. Because, you know, you judge a book, you can't judge a book by its cover. Somebody come up and the tobacco juice dripping out. Of it. He's got a, he's got a Confederate flag as a shirt. He's walking up to you. Oh man, this is going to be a rough conversation. Right. He sees Julius Irving and he goes, Hey, Dr. J. So all of a sudden he sees Julius right, right. <laughs> it, it, on the street. I'm thinking this guy's probably going to, this is probably going to be a bad day for Phil Jackson, but now you start to see people and people, then they get off into their little camps, et cetera. So. After we left it, I had a friend that was at the New York Stock Exchange, so I started a magazine. Obama just came in the office. The economy was still coming out, so it was a tough time to start, but he was doing some stuff at the New York Stock Exchange around diversity. I started the magazine, and uh, we launched, and the power behind that was that my first advertiser sponsor was the New York Stock Exchange. Like in your business, when people ask you, well, who else is advertising? You know, when you got a brand new magazine, it's tough to convince people to do that. But when I can say the New York Stock Exchange, that sort of... Ooh, okay. So we started that conversation. We started talking about diversity. And the first couple of issues were around diversity around NASCAR. Because even as bad as it was with me, there were companies that were really trying to do some stuff. You see what I'm saying? So it was companies that said, hey, we need to sort of change. So we were writing about them. And then we saw other companies that were doing good things. So we started to do that. The answer to Joy's question as to how I got pulled into that is that we started to have conversations about not what was wrong, but what, how to fix it. And it fell on a lot of deaf ears because a lot of people don't hear it, <clears throat> but the people that were trying to fix it saw that as, Hey man, this is a breath of fresh air. That, that makes sense. This is a breath of fresh air. He's not yelling at me. Right. And he's giving me examples of it. If you want to fix this, these are the people that can help you fix it. So we became that thought leader around, okay, best practices. And then as our as our connections grew, we started to find people from all around the world that were just sharing best practices. So we would just we started to do that. What led to other things was that we're talking to these companies, and then they said, Mr. Jackson, we're having a tough time hiring people. I'm like, okay, hiring for what? We were looking for interns, and this has happened only about eight years ago. We're looking for interns. We're gonna hire a hundred interns. The problem is we're having a difficult time finding diverse interns. We can find all these interns. we were had a tough time finding diverse interns. And there's one of the companies I work with and I thought it was like patent attorney or something that's tough to find anyway, but it was a sales and marketing job. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. So at that time, my youngest Austin is, was down at Clemson. I jokingly said, if you only need a hundred, I said, you only need 99 now. Cause I said, Austin's mama will pack a lunch. He'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> So with the work I'm doing with the HBCUs, I got a call back from the company two days later. I said, Mr. Jackson, they said, this is incredible. How did you do this? I said, do what? He said, we're going to pay your invoice on time. We want to do more work with you. I said, what happened? He said, we got over 200 resumes the next day. And he said, how did you do this? And I said, how come you can't? (laughs) Yeah. You got the big search firm. So I didn't even argue with him, right? I said, you got the big search firm. I said, I said, you got any more jobs? Because imagine, think about this. I'm an adjunct professor at these schools, so I go in and go, "Who needs a job?" You know, most of the most of the kids aren't even listening. there on the phone. I was like, "Did he say job?" Oh, <laughs> I said, "I got a hundred interns. Right here's the company. I want you to apply." You see what I'm saying? It was yeah. I became
2: it still, sometimes so, it.
0: Like, I became yeah. a very popular. I became Mr. Jackson. It was like <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't tough for me. So I'm like, "Hey, you know what? You got any more jobs?" They said, "Yeah, so we got send them over." So I'm sending them out to the HBCUs, right And you, guys, you guys know, there's over 100 HBCUs. But if you talk to most corporations, they'll tell you, I work with HBCUs. I go, "Yeah, who? This is Howard?" I go, "Who else? No, we work with Howard." I said, "No, who else?" And they go, "No, we um, work with again, they, because who are you talking to? And there's nothing wrong
2: with work with Howard. Nothing wrong. We love Howard. And I love Howard. Say, I've been I there their homecoming '96. Wu Tang was there, so I <laughs> love Howard. But I said we, like, we
0: talked, and they'll say we talked to the HBCU. I said the HBCU, because I, I, I was like, okay. I said, do you realize there's over a hundred? You're like, what? Huh? talent. So what happens? I'm sending this out to the HBCUs. And I'm just doing it. So, Joy, I didn't see this as a business. I just say, hey, I can get some kids some jobs. I'm in front of these schools. So I'm just sending them out. And I became a, one of the most popular email addresses on an HBCU campus. Because people would say, hey, you know what? I don't even know who this guy is. Right. <laughs> I don't know who he is. But if you get an email from him, and they'll, so the reverse is, the company said they can't find anybody. They're getting kids from below college and still, they're like, where the heck is that then Google in places they don't even know exist. Right. We're the sad part world. is we're to, we're to our list. The sad part is that they may have a plant that's right up the street and they go, man, you know what? And that now they, now you start to see the HR people. Did you know there was an HBCU? And then they'll say, what's an HBCU? And it they get to you. What's an HBCU? <laughs> yeah. Did you know, we can't find, we've been having this struggle. All this time, yeah. And there's an HBCU right around the corner from us. You're like, what are you talking about? So now you start to see. Now you start to peel back that thing. You say, okay, now really see, I do have a problem.
2: You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Hey, speaking of that problem, have you ever had? And I didn't mean to cut you off, but have you ever seen? Because I think it's twofold, like the awareness thing, and then we're like a culture of trust, right? So some of the reason why even the students feel connected is because it's coming from fields. Have
0: you ever seen it? That's a hundred percent. And it elevated during the pandemic. And it also elevated because right after George Floyd, right? There were, and we need to do an analysis of this. I'm giving a hundred million dollars to HBCUs. And there was all kinds of crazy numbers out there, right? Remember that? Mm -hmm. I'm giving a billion dollars. You know, this, Ms. Kenzie, whoever, her husband gave $20 billion. That's a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. So, right. We, and then Trump was running around saying, Well, I gave more money since Abraham Lincoln. What does that even mean? Well, if you're giving all that money, where is it? Right. Right. So $20 million to Howard. I'm not saying they don't need the money, but oh, okay, maybe they get a couple of trees or something. $20 million to Shaw, I better see some equipment. I better see some, I better see some shovels. You, you see what I'm saying? So what happened is all this money, all these commitments were false commitments. They, giving, they ain't giving a dime. There's no accountability. Nope. Nobody got no money.
1: Check the box.
0: None. Right? Say I and then all of a sudden people showing up on your campus taking pictures, right? And all this stuff like that. So to your point, Joy, the credibility, you're here, you're here just for a photo op. You're here with the band just for a photo op. All right. And we see that I had kids tell me there's all these hackathons and botathons and all the stuff like that. A couple kids actually won the hackathon. They won. Asked the company for a job. They start shuffling paper. Job, what are we doing? I won your contest. So what was the end goal of this contest? What was it? All right. So I won your contest. I asked you for a job. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm down in the HR talking to some circle. So is this, so that, the credibility and trust. So what I wasn't looking to do and I'm not the only one but you know if Mr. Jackson sends a job over there's some accountability because hey I can't find anybody and like I said okay if you know you only need 100 Austin will be there tomorrow. so I'm going to ask him so there's going to be a, a feedback loop right okay I couldn't find anybody so what happened to the 100 200 kids we sent over and the reputation I got was that if you're playing don't do this with Mr. Jackson. That's the reputation I got. Because if you're for real, he's gonna show up with a bus full of kids tomorrow. So if you're playing, this is not the one yeah. to be playing with, right? So I think the other side is- of that yeah. is that,
1: yeah.
0: the other side of that is that if you are if you really mean that, we flip your numbers real quick. Yeah. So it goes from, I can't find anybody, to guess what, you go to some schools and guess what? Now the dean, the president, the chancellor, They see that you're hiring their kids. So if I ask the president of a college to send some kids over, usually they're pretty strong, usually. So if the dean sends you over, it's usually not the kid about ready to get thrown out of school. That's just been, you know what I'm saying? So these are some solid citizens, right? Mm -hmm. That just need an opportunity, Right. The only thing is that if you don't want to get, if your intent was not to do the opportunity, then this, you know, this was spinning wheels and getting people frustrated. So that's why we tend to stay away from those folks. Does that make sense? I'm going to stay away from you. Because guess what? When I show up and say, I got a hundred jobs, I really have a hundred jobs. And I want you to apply because I'm going to put you in contact with the person that can hire you right now. Right well, now. lesson learned
1: today. And what I hear from fields for our listeners is, be accountable. When the rubber hits the road, be accountable. Be real. Don't check the box, organizations. We see you when you're checking the box out here. And be authentic about your efforts. Be authentic about your efforts.
0: And even if the authenticity is, hey, I ain't hiring no black people. Thank you. Be honest. <laughs> I'm not going you know, to thank you. That's very honest. Right. Now, I'm not going to go... Buy a new suit. I'm not gonna fly here. We don't. We ain't feeling black people over here. Okay. I, you know what? Mm, I love that. Thank you. I kiss you. Mm, right. Yes. I ain't gonna spend no time wasting on with you. So the authenticity goes both ways. I'm not gonna be mad, right? But I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should have that same decision when I'm buying your products too. You see what I'm saying? So that's just me. Yes. Perfect. That okay. So you don't want me to work there, so maybe I shouldn't be buying your soft drink. So that's just me. That's just me. But the thing is, if you genuinely want to do this let me get you in the best position with the people on the campus that now know what you're looking for. Right. And if you, if they know what you're looking for, they ain't going to send a thousand people, but guess what? I call the Dean and go, Hey, you know what? Can you send me your top 25 students? I don't have a problem. <laughs> All
1: right. Most of them be go, Mr.
0: Jackson. And you know what? I got 50. Yeah. I go, no, 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 no. Let's not be greedy. <laughs> That's yeah, my experience yeah. too. The schools from <laughs> working
2: in schools, we're gonna try to push that limit. Oh. what about yeah. what about Thelma? Hey, you know what? Just give me your top 25.
1: We'll worry about her a little bit later. All right. <laughs> we're gonna switch gears here a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears and get to our next segment. And this is uh, this is our listener question. Uh so, so Phil, every show we've got a question comes in from a listener. We don't know what the question is, what the topic is, but it's a question for you to answer. And uh Joy and I will pipe in where we feel that, but it's for you. Sure. So this question comes from Michael. Michael's from Omaha and Michael says, when has diversity reached the point where it is impacting business? Mm. I think Michael, I think what you're trying to say, Michael, I don't want to, when has diversity reached the point when it is impacting business?
0: I'm not sure with that one, but it's always impacting business. From my perspective, if you want to, diversity doesn't matter if you're selling to yourself, once you get outside of yourself right? If you're a man, then it's a woman and it's a diverse. There's something that comes in, you see what I'm saying? So the second you get outside of yourself and if you want to look at new markets, right? If, so if you've got a, a captured market, then fine. That's, and I'm been telling tell that people, black people, say, I'm diverse. I said, no, it's all black people. You're not diverse. Well, I'm black. No, you're yeah, not diverse. You're all black people, right? So if you're selling to all black people, then that's fine, right? The second you start selling outside of that market, you need to look at different perspectives. So diversity is getting the right people into your organization that can help you navigate those different markets, because different markets are different, not because of, they're different because they're different. You know, what matters in this market is, can we make that profitable and make profit in that market, not exploiting people and doing all this stuff like that, but so diversity to me, there's always a business case. Most people don't see it that way.
1: Let's go there, Phil, because it's interesting you say that. And this this has been a big conversation in this space about the business case, the business case. And I was one that tied the business case too, and I believe in the business case, but what I've discovered in, in, in my space is that the challenge is companies who focus a lot on just the business case, then they look at trying to hire diverse people and suddenly they look at their numbers the next year. And when the business isn't profitable, the assumption is well, I shouldn't hire, I shouldn't hire black folks or I shouldn't look at hiring more women because I did the work and my spreadsheet doesn't show that I improved. And a lot of organizations, I'm thinking of Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business mm-hmm. Review, about 25 years ago, they were sort of the foundation of this discussion about the business case for diversity mm-hmm. and how diversity of thought, diversity of creativity, cultural perspectives helps build businesses and grows the bottom line ultimately. Mm-hmm. And even Harvard Business Review, in, in, in fact, in 2020, I think they came up with an article that said, hey, we still believe in that philosophy. We're the ones that started this, but what we're missing in this space is companies. Are focused too much on how many looking at numbers and how many people I hire, and they're not looking at what we're doing to change the culture. And in fact, one of the one of the phrases they used, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking this up yesterday. Every business Review quoted. They said, "Increasing diversity is a, does not by itself increase effectiveness in business. What matters is how organizations harness diversity, and whether it is willing to reshape its power structure." Correct. So. When you think about the business case, how do, you manage, how do you marry that to the power structure? Because the power has
0: to change. If you don't marry that, then that's, you're not serious about diversity. So it's always the business case, right? So if you don't believe in diversity, and that's what it comes down to, if you don't believe in this, then there's no issue. Do what you're going to do, right? So you believe in diversity for what reason? Usually it's for growth, right? So again, just from the basic, hey, I don't, I don't believe in diversity. Okay, fine. Thank you for saying. Thank you for sharing it. I believe in diversity. Okay, so what's your level of commitment? So let's start where you are. Let's go to your board. I believe in diversity. I walk in the room, and it's all white men. Okay, it doesn't mean you don't, all right? But if you believe in this, all right? How come? How come there's then this fit about black and white. How come there's no women in here? Well, I can't find it. Really? I just walked past 50 women on the way into. Part of that is that that commitment comes from your business segments. Part of diversity is where are you at? There's a realization as to where are you now? And that's what we're going to share my numbers. Okay, even if it's bad, if that's at 2%, do you want, is, are you comfortable with the 2%, right? And usually what happens is that and especially global companies, you're selling it to diverse markets. Like it or not, right? If if I'm selling stuff on the south side of Chicago, okay, the guys from Harvard, okay, right? So they're smartest, you know, let them get out of the car on the south side of Chicago. It may not be a good day for them, may not. Right? So part of that is that your segment, you want to have people represent the products. You wanna have people that can communicate in a certain way. So what does that look like? Now, if that market that you're trying to penetrate is losing money, well, yeah, then maybe that diversity didn't work in that market. But again, that, that becomes a business decision uh, as to uh, maybe you don't have the right messaging, you don't have the right marketing, and the right salespeople. So there's things that get, come to play as opposed to I just hired 10 black people and magically you were supposed to change. No, part of that is that what is it? What is your objectives? Who is your market? Who are you trying to serve? And the companies, in my, in my view, that get this, just ones that came out of the pandemic. We were working with a company, Merck. Merck is a big pharmaceutical company. One of the big things with with the pandemic was that just culturally, even though this vaccine was going to save me, I didn't trust it. Culturally, there's stuff that happened to Black people that's been for years from Tuskegee to all kinds of stuff that guess what? And then Trump all of a sudden he didn't believe and all of a sudden he came up with this miracle and I didn't trust him. Right. So you can say anything you want. Right. So part of that was that how do we how do we get this message into a diverse community? I think well, you need to have probably. some thought leaders, you need to have some people in there, you know, and so companies started to go after pastors. They started to say, well, you know, who is trusted in this community?
2: Um, bank, bank. You can have, yeah, you, can have you know, bank, you can bank.
0: have everybody from Harvard, right? And the last one, let's just say, let, let's say, I don't believe in diversity, right? People go, I, I'm not going to lower my standards. So, so, okay. So Harvard, let's assume everybody, the smartest people on the planet are at Harvard. Right? Well, good luck selling to the people at Princeton. Good luck walking into people at Princeton and going, hey, we got it all figured out. <laughs> you guys sit over here, Right. right diversity opens that up to, to different kind of folks, right? So you got people that, you know, you walk into this, you know, um, we're selling products to, to women. And you walk in a room and it's all men sitting there. And again, I don't think they're doing it on, and this is just me, I don't think they're doing it on purpose. But you look around, that, that other voice comes and goes, hey, do you realize there's all men in here? But what, and then you get, what do you mean? I said it's all men. So maybe the reason you're not selling this stuff is that so do any of you guys have wives do you have a daughter you know so bring somebody else in this room to give you a different perspective Not take that's out. how we look at the business case um that's and out. and the end of the day anthony it comes down to numbers it comes down to numbers so if you've got no diversity on your board me saying hey, I don't believe in the visiting. You know, in order to change that, I got to get people in here that don't look like you. Well,
1: and I think it comes down to numbers, but I also think it comes out once you have those numbers. What are you doing to build your culture? Because otherwise,
0: correct people
1: because I'll
2: leave. I'll leave
1: numbers so you can measure. And, and that's the
2: part in recruiting that people. Whenever I help companies build a recruiting strategy, I'm like retention has got to be a part of yes. your recruiting strategy, and under retention, culture. Right. If you have a culture where people want to be there, guess what? You're going to have so much organic recruiting. Yes. I'm going to go to my my brother and my sister and my cousin down the street. And I'm gonna post on social media that, you know, I like working. For example, I want to work at Merck because Merck really believes in or whatever have you. And so but I think sometimes people. They spend a lot of money on these recruiting plants and think about it from an external new talent lens. Right. And what but about it? it's they're great-
0: they're checking the box. Yep, they, they're they're so again, they they they're checking the box. I get I take a couple pictures, I bring in a couple black people, right? right. No.
1: Or I hold up my spreadsheet <laughs> and says, I hired three more people this year. That doesn't matter. Yeah. No, your spreadsheet no! people don't believe in you. And
2: so. and five more left, right? We were keeping that part out, though.
0: Uh, yeah. And five, oh, and guess what? There's 20 more that's about ready to leave. You know, so you know, but then there's other companies, right? That um, like somebody says, I can't find um, you know, uh, single moms. I know companies that single moms love working there. Why? Right? Because guess what, Dave, a culture that's, you know what, we're going to do what we need to do to keep single moms. So guess what? Single moms, to your point, Joe, they're at the hairdresser talking about, girl, you need to, you know what I'm saying? You need to go here, right? Right, right. <laughs> absolutely. So that's something that, guess what? Yes, there's numbers, right? Yep. But it's also, how am I treated? What happens when you know when I walk through the door? How do I feel? Yes. That's part of that ongoing discussion. So diversity, to that's me, belonging. is the toughest the toughest position in any company is diversity it's the because building.
1: that's what you just said. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's the, it's the, the toughest one, not,
0: because again, it, if I'm a salesperson, I hit the number, right. Mm-hmm. And either I hit the number or I don't right? Right. with diversity in theory, in theory, every time a new person comes into the building, you're supposed to completely reboot. That's the thing. Now you start reading all the rules and writing. No, no, no. I brought a new the person's got a disability. So guess what? I may have to change my bathroom. You see what I have to reboat. I so like the people that are really good at that are college coaches. Ironically. Because guess what? The pros you get to stay there and you could be Tom Brady and you played at 50 years old. Guess what? You know what? As a college coach, I can have a five-star recruit. He's gonna graduate. Hey, hey, so I gotta I, I have to reboat.
2: Yes, right? I love that. I got to go when I
0: got it. Now, I just can't say, hey, you're a five-star. I got to train you up. I got to get you in the – no, I have to
2: work with you. You see what I'm saying? I got to work with you. Yeah. I love it. It reminds me of, too – do you guys remember in the 90s where there was this point of time where I think it was the Lakers built this dream team, and they had, like, Shaq and Co- – they had, like, almost everybody in the NBA that you could want on one team, and then they were like, well, why aren't we winning? And, Phils, I think you're 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 saying it so great. It, the sports analogy is culture. awesome culture. of like, you've got to, the, the culture, right? The like culture. you brought all this culture. great talent, but if you haven't taken time to figure out what makes that talent, what, what makes that talent loaded? tick?
0: Why yes. do I want to be here? Why, if I'm a five star and again, I, I saw a glimpse of that with my son, Austin. Austin played down at Clemson. I thought football was football until, hey, this is a business Hey, This is, this is football. This is business. Right.
1: Right?
0: Right. And so Austin down at Clemson, Austin had a personal chef. I'm like, what? So again, if I'm if I'm playing, you know, if I want to go someplace, that's the, the, the beacon is I want to go here. Why? Yes. Right? So why, just why like a company. Yes. Why do because I just like a way. company? And there's companies out there that guess what? If I'm putting in 80, 90 hours a week, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, right? What why don't I go to someplace where they actually pronounce my name right? hmm I feel like right. I'm alone. <laughs> I feel like, hey, you know what? They're asking me questions about you know what did your grand, what your granddaughter do, right? As opposed to I'm walking in, I'm, I'm on eggshells, and you know everybody's walking around. So again, it comes down to me, it comes down to leadership. It does. And it's you guys know there's certain leaders, I had bosses in my career that just loved them, and they say, "Hey, Felsey, you know what? I need to go out and we need to move the building." Yeah." And I know we can't move the building, but everybody's out there in the parking lot trying to push this building because he said something. <laughs> I've had bosses that say, I need you to say five minutes. Not only am I not staying five minutes, right? I'm exploding. I'm not running out the door. I want, I'm exploding out the door. I'm not doing anything extra for this person. Period. To me, that's a culture. Thank you. And you've so got much. cultures where guess what? It's open, it's rewarding. It's People get promoted. There's not all these games. Those are the ones that I think have figured out diversity, right? And so when somebody says, Well, I need somebody to talk to, I said, What well, you need to, if they have the time, talk to this person because they, whatever they're slipping in the drink, whatever they're doing, they're the motivators that keep that whole team going. There's places you guys
2: know that people hate, they hate it. <laughs> it's just I, my oh. goodness. Phil, so this has been, again, a great way to start. I'm hoping that our Monday mornings can always start like this because we just need to have these spaces where we can come and have these conversations. So we want to really thank you so much for being one of our first inaugural guests. I mean, we're on episode three and we're hoping to be around for years having these conversations. We're hoping we can have guests like you come back and have additional conversations because we know that the work you're doing is going to create change. And so, how we can elevate your voice. Our mission together to continue to to make some of those changes is truly important and be able to have the real conversations about the challenges too. We want to connect with other people that really want to make an impact in this space. And we're not saying, we know historically, there's very few companies that have got this right historically, and we understand that. So we're not expecting that, but be authentic about where you are in your journey. Be authentic about wanting to be changed and we'll want to connect. But Joy,
0: even with that, it's like my granddaughter. If I see her trying, just genuinely, I see her trying, she's trying to read, yes. I'm going to help her. When you see those companies, no matter what their start is, or how it can, if it's genuine, it's hey, genuine. you know what? I haven't figured this out. We're looking to do this and we're going to have some tough conversations. Yes. And that it's in that authenticity that you pick yes. up. You know what? I know the guy just, he just quit the clan. He just quit the clan, But- For whatever reason, right, I I sense some genuineness here that, okay, how do we, now I'm not going to just lay down and just look, let's see how we can move this thing forward. You need to read this. You need to do this. The guy goes out and does it. Okay. What's next? You see what I'm saying? You start to see where, you know what? I never thought of it. Like the guy told me, um, George Floyd had it coming. Now, I don't know if I changed the angle feels. I never thought of it that, as opposed to right, right? He was gonna keep continuing that, not with me, whatever reason he's comfortable to say, but I'm pretty sure in circles he was yelling at he had it coming. No, right.
2: I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure he went back in circles. Yeah, even if he had it coming, was he supposed to die? So even in that, that they may throw him out of that circle, right? <laughs> because he asked that kind of question. So once you to me, once you determine that people are for whatever reason. We just lost a big of government contract because we have no diversity. Whatever that reason was, let's see how we can get you going forward. Those are the conversations I love to have. And that's when you're having those conversations. That's as quickly as you can get to that. To me, that's when it becomes enjoyable. Now you can just collect a check and that that happens, right? But that becomes enjoyable because now... People implementing your work, you're seeing that you know, all of a sudden the diversity numbers increase. hopefully their sales increase, And now all of a sudden, you're not even talking about the business case. It's just good business. Exactly. That, that was, <laughs> all was when good When you create a sense of
1: belonging, the business will take care of itself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Fields, for joining us today on Breaking Barriers. We really appreciate it. A big shout out to our sponsors, Kirkwood Community College. We Wouldn't be able to do this without you presenting this. And all our other sponsors, we want to say thank you. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up with your questions. If you got comments, suggestions for the show, info at dot solutions.com. Hit us up. S- special shout out to our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Uh, we appreciate that. Help us grow our subscriber base. Share it. Like it. When you see it, post it online. Make sure you share it and on your favorite podcast. And we really appreciate your time. Joy, anything else on your
2: end? Not at all. It's all just right. been a great morning, great conversation conversation of impact too, right? That's what's been important. And that's one of our goals. We're talking the real here. We're breaking barriers here, but we're having real conversation and dialogue.
1: Take whatever you heard on your journey, folks. Change hearts and minds. Do what you can and break some barriers. We appreciate your time. Advancing equity is not a one-year project. It's a generational commitment.
2: There are too few people in the world willing to be the domino. Too few people willing to take that fall.